This episode of ISM is brought to you by Canned White Rabbit, your favorite grade A white rabbit in a can. Have it for lunch or share with a friend. There's nothing like gathering around a nice can of white rabbit. Mm-mm. Brought to you by Alice Canning Company. I'm Dave. And I'm Josh. And we are two brothers from two states away trying to bond by arguing sports. Remember, we are fans, not experts. So whatever you think of this show, we don't care. If you want to join the irreverence, you can email us at ismdaveandjosh at gmail.com. Which, Josh, we got our first email this week. Oh, yeah? Who's it from? Uh, From Travis in Houston. It just says... You suck. So, <laughs> wow, such brilliance. Uh, thanks for that, Travis. I'm, I'm, I'm sure your kids will eat well with that intelligence. Um, <laughs> so that's our first email. <laughs> I feel really good about myself. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's get into the show. Today is October 5th, 2021. Let's get irreverent. All right. Well, last week we talked about our top five running backs of all time. And before that, our top five quarterbacks of all time. This week we were challenged by a friend to do the top five fullbacks of all time. How did you feel about that, Josh? I thought this was a little bit more difficult to kind of find highlights of guys online, you know, especially guys, you know, that we don't, we didn't watch growing up because, the fullback position has largely gone away in the NFL uh, over our lifetime, but still some guys that we grew up liking, you know, just because they were big in BA and, um, but it was a little more difficult. To, yeah, to definitely. I definitely found that to be true as well. Um, just as a disclaimer, um, we are not. So, so back in the seventies, um, fullbacks were just bigger backs um, that were compliments to the halfback, um, like Larry Zonka or John Riggins or even Jim Brown was one of them, or Franco Harris. Um, so we have taken them out, and we're talking about the modern fullback. Um, and even people like Michael Alstott, um, we've taken out of this list, not because he wasn't good. In fact, if you count him as a fullback, he's maybe the greatest ever um, because of his receiving and his running and all that stuff. Um, but we're taking him out as well because he's not really that prototypical blocking um, fullback. So our list is going to be um, really those 1980s and 1990s uh, fullbacks. Josh, who do you have as your number five? So my number five I actually have as a guy that actually doesn't really fit the mold a little bit of what you ex- what you just explained. Um, Larry Centers, actually. Um Okay. So Larry Sanders was uh, was a fullback that played for the or, or the Phoenix Cardinals, I guess, for some of the time, and then the uh, Arizona Cardinals for a little bit of that too. Um, and you know, this guy was more of a kind of a wide receiver um, blocker as well. So mm-hmm. like 
you know, he didn't run a lot like, you know, the guys of the seventies and all that, but he did catch a hundred receptions one year. Like he, yeah. Yeah. I saw that when I was doing some research and, and I, I think I knew that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, looking him up, seeing some highlights from him, um, and actually just knowing, you know, what he played like when I was a kid. And, uh, I just, I, I would be remiss if like he wasn't on here. He's one of my favorite players and, you know, also he was an all pro three-time pro bowler. Uh, he had a super bowl, um, just a good, good football player all around. All right. All right. So that's your number five. My number five. All right. Well, <clears throat> my number five also doesn't fit the mold of what I said. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I am a liar. Um, John L. Williams uh, played for the Seahawks for many, many years, but he actually had four years of over 60 receptions. Now, he didn't run the ball a ton, but he had four years over, over 60 receptions and seven straight years over 50 receptions. Um, wow. For a fullback, that, that's that's quite amazing. Uh, he was drafted uh, in the first round, actually, in 1986 by the Seahawks. And he spent almost his whole career there, except for a couple of years towards the end with uh, the Steelers. But he uh, wow. he's my he's my number five, but he, he was a great... He had great hands. Not only he not only could he block real well, but he could catch. And he is my number five. Not not as much in um, detail as, as your number five, but who's your number four? Uh, my number four is uh, Tony Richardson. Actually, uh, Tony Richardson uh, was obviously a fullback that um, he actually blocked for two two thousand yard rushers. Um. And that was uh, Priest Holmes on the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And also Adrian Peterson on the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) But no, this guy was just your your absolute just beast fullback, three-time Pro Bowler, 2000s all-decade team, uh, just just a beast fullback. He... um, he d- he did do a little bit of well, obviously rushing receiving like like most of the guys on our list did, uh, but much much less much to a much lesser extent than Larry Sanders uh, did bef- uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, so yeah, he's my number four. Uh, definitely a, an awesome fullback in the NFL. Cool, cool. Um, unfortunately, my number four is also someone who played in our division, uh, Corey Schlesinger. Do you remember him? Uh, rings a bell, but not really. So he, he blocked for the greatest running back of all time, according to me last week, Barry Sanders. And and he was an alternate, um, in three pro bowls and his teammates, like this is how, this is how much he meant to the team, which I think says how great of a fullback you are. Um, his teammates actually voted him as the MVP of the team. They call the, they call it the Bobby Lane award. Um, but when you, when you block for the greatest running back of all time, uh, you deserve some kudos. Agreed. Yeah, so that's my number four. Well, my number three is Lorenzo Neal, uh, the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Lorenzo Neal was a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, NFL 2000s All-Decade team. He basically was a perfect blocker, just Basically, an offensive lineman, a fast offensive lineman. That's essentially what he was. Just absolutely hitting people on their butts, play after play after play. Absolutely the perfect fullback. Um, 
just a great fullback in the NFL. All right. Well, my number three, uh, I assume, is probably in your top two. Tom Rathman um, drafted in the third round in 1986, blocked for Roger Craig um, of those 49ers teams, and he won two Super Bowls. uh, super, in fact, in Super Bowl 24, he had two touchdowns in that game. Um, and in his career, I think this was quite amazing because, uh, you know, as you know, Devin Hester is being um, is nominated for being in the Hall of Fame for being a kickoff returner and a punt returner. Um, Tom Rathman had five kickoffs for touchdowns. Wow. Five yeah. kickoffs. That's insane. Like, I just you can't I can't I don't think of a fullback running back um, touchdowns for, on kickoffs. Um, in 1989, uh, he led all running backs in uh, with 73 receptions, um, 616 yards. Uh, Tom Rathman uh, was a complete stud, like on those 49ers teams. Like he 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 could pass block, he could run block, uh, and he made sure that those teams won. So he he is he is my number he is my number three, and, and I. I had I had to struggle with that because I wanted to put him at number one because I loved him so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just couldn't when I, when I looked at my other two. So who's your number two? Well, my number two is Tom Rathman. I watched highlights of him. He actually kind of looked like he enjoyed just running around knocking people on their butts. <laughs> like he just was, was having a grand old time. Right. Um, but you know, one year he had 73 catches. He was, he was a decent receiver. Uh, I did not know that five receiving or return touchdowns. That was, it's a shocking stat. Right. Uh, I wonder how many of those are, uh, offside kicks or you know, onside kicks. Onside, well, offside. Yeah. Offside kicks. <laughs> I love those off, offside kicks. I love those offside kicks. They're not really done much these days. Um, the uh, yeah, he's, he's, he had to have been on like the hands team or something. I bet a couple of those. Um, Maybe, but yeah, he won two Super Bowls with the Niners. Played for the Raiders afterwards. Just awesome, fun, fun to watch guy for sure. Okay, well, I think that's. I mean, I think that's a solid number two. Um, my number two is actually his kind of rival if you will, uh, Daryl Johnston, um, drafted in the second round in 1989, blocked for what most people would say is one of the top five running backs. Not me personally, as you heard last week. Um, but he blocked for Emmett Smith and he won three Super Bowls with them. Uh, in fact, he kind of, he created, I don't know if you know this, Josh, but because of, of him and how he played the fullback position, the Pro Bowls, Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl team, the Pro Bowl, people who put together the Pro Bowl um, created a fullback position for him on the Pro Bowl team. He was the first one to be put in that place, which I think that says something about how great you are as a fullback as well. Um, in 93, he had 50 receptions with a 7.4 yard per catch average. That's yeah. that's pretty amazing. Um and Emmett Smith, I think, gave the probably the best, the best argument for him um, is he said to him uh, when he was uh, getting into the Hall of Fame, "I couldn't have done it without you." Wow, that's high praise. That is, is high praise. So Daryl Johnston is my number two. That really touched my heart. If I didn't hate them so much. Um, I know, right? Oh, I always rooted against them too. Well, except uh, not in the Super Bowl though, because I hated the Bills even more. 
But I love Jim Kelly. I don't, even, I don't care what you said. Oh, I love Jim Kelly. <laughs> I couldn't stand the rest. Well, no, actually, I hated all of them. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, my number one is the Moose as well. Um, watching his highlights, he just is like, just like the perfect football player. Like he did not, mm. you know, he doesn't contribute to the offense a lot as far as yardage concern or touchdowns, but he just is the perfect football player. He he did everything that was asked of him. The reason Hawk Mehmet Smith was so good and stayed at doing his job so good is because Daryl Johnson was able to do his job absolutely perfectly. And yeah, that's true. he just is one of the finest players to ever play in the NFL. Um, not the best but one of the, like the most perfect that's definitely ever played. And, uh, who do you have as number one, Dave? Who do you think is my number one? I'm going to go with Lorenzo Neal. It is Lorenzo Neal. (laughs) Um, did you know that he actually was drafted to be the full or to be the halfback and he had a ankle injury? Um, that caused him to not be able to run as fast anymore. And so he had to change the way he played, um, and he became a fullback because of that. And then, are you ready for this one? All right. 11 years straight, he blocked for an, for a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah, 11 crazy. years straight. Adrian Murrell in 1997 for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Warwick Dunn in 98 for the Bucks, Eddie George in 99 for the Titans and 2000 for the Titans in 2001 for Corey Dillon for 02 for Corey Dillon from 03 to 07 Ladanian Tomlinson 11 straight years of 1000 yard rushers man that is that is like like running back royalty you literally just when I know like I mean, I mean he made Adrian Mural Mural a a 1000 yard rusher you know yeah. that that's quite amazing so that's yeah awesome. I put Lorenzo Neal you know he was drafted in the 4th round in 93 to be the star or to be the stud running back to be a halfback but he had to reinvent who he was and became the greatest of all time at what he did in fact, the sport in, uh, Sporting News in 2000 named him the best blocking back of all time. Like you said, Josh, like he's just the perfect blocking back. So that's that's my list. Um, and that's Josh's list. If, if you have any thoughts on your list or someone you think should be added, uh, go ahead and email us at ismdaveandjosh at gmail.com. Well, Josh, let's get into the games, my friend. Are you ready? I'm in. You're in. Fantastic. We're going to get into the games, and we're going to start off with uh, um, the game that pretty much every person in America, if you're watching football, was talking about or has been talking about since the schedule's been released. Tom Brady returning to New England. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady beat New England 19 to 17 did you get what did you think of that game did you get to watch it oh yeah i got to watch most of it um to be honest uh it was very surprising that what the patriots were able to do against the tampa Bay buccaneers mm. uh we we obviously saw tampa bay lose last week to the los angeles rams so you know saw a little chink in their armor but they're still a great team and holy cow mac jones just 
he just sat in the pocket and just dink and dunk all game long to great success. Oh yeah. Um, he, he reminded me of a young Tom Brady. You know, exactly I don't want to say he's like. Tom Brady now, but he was young Tom Brady in like the 2000. Yeah. He, 2001. He's very efficient. He did a really good job. Um, also the Patriots defense were, I mean, they, they did. I think they did as good of a job as you could with, you know, who they were playing. You know, oh, I totally agree. I still, totally agree. As much as they lost, I still think it was like an insanely great performance by the Patriots. Yeah, it was interesting. And Mac Jones, you're right. He was so efficient. He was 31 of 40. I know. That's wow. Like that. That's really, really impressive. And he's a rookie. Like he's only going to go up from here. So that's that's really awesome. Um, Tom Brady in this game uh, passed the all-time record for passing yards with 80,359 uh, over Drew Brees, who happened to be at the game as well. And I think I think um, uh, Peyton Manning might have been there too. I can't remember. But uh, Drew Brees was there, and he passed him all-time, 80,359, right? Is there any argument to say he's not, that he's not the GOAT anymore? No, there's not. Of course not. I agree with that. Um, the game came down to, though – a field goal and Nick Folk kick tried to kick a 56 yarder, which if he hit that would have been his longest kick of all time in his career. Um, and it was in like pouring rain and he almost hit it. It hit the, it hit the crossbar. It was unbelievable. What it was. I think it was the best game of the day. It lived up to the hype that we were expecting. Agreed. Well, staying in the AFC, uh, staying in the AFC East, um, Indianapolis uh, went into Miami and won twenty-seven seventeen. Jonathan Taylor had one hundred and three yards. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had no time. <laughs> Carson Wentz actually started to kind of look normal, but again, it's it's Miami, you know. So it is what it is. Um, but. Let's look at the other two AFC teams, though, the AFC East teams, that each won with their respective young quarterbacks. First, Buffalo destroyed the Texans 40-0 to at home. Murder. Um, what? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Davis Mills, the quarterback for Houston, rookie out of Stanford, had four interceptions. Um, Josh Allen and, and uh, Stefan Diggs played great. And guess what? Trubisky... Had a rushing touchdown in the game. Yep, that's sure I think, I, that's I thought was really fun, and I I hope the best for him. So, but he he was one for one for eight yards and a rushing touchdown. So good for the good for him. But the other AFC East quarterback to get a win was Zach Wilson of the Jets. So I've been ripping on him pretty hard the first uh, the first three weeks here. So I thought it would only be fair. Um, if we talk a little bit about his game and kind of how he played in that game. I mean, the stat line pretty much does it for, for itself. Um, he was average. Well, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he played yeah. average against a terrible defense or a defense that played terribly at minimum. Um, so I don't know how much Zach Wilson really did a good job this game or to make himself look better, but, you know, the Tennessee defense obviously has shown that they're not really willing to stop anyone. So, 
Well, he had he had two fifty yard passes in that game. Jamison Crowder, uh, I think, was a difference. Like, I think him and uh, Zach Wilson are going to start to get some mojo together. Uh, I thought Zach Wilson did look better, but I agree with you. He looked average, but that's a step up from how he did look, which was terrible. So congratulations to Zach Wilson for getting his first win. The Jets defense got seven sacks in that game, which was a huge reason they won that um, won that uh, 27 to 24. And it was an overtime. So that's a pretty big win. But Tennessee, what's going on with Tennessee? They're two and two. Yeah, I mean, Tannehill without A.J. Brown and Julio doesn't look as good. You know, he didn't have any interceptions today. He threw for 298 yards, but he he had 20 missed passes or 19 missed passes. Um, You know, that's not very efficient. Um, He, Derek Henry pretty much did all he could do to win this game for everyone. And uh, he did 33 carries for 157 yards. Yep. And just couldn't. um, Um, The other New York team also won in overtime. This week, uh, the Giants uh, upset New Orleans 27-21 behind my boy, Daniel Jones. I love that kid, man. 402 yards, two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley seems to be coming back. He's had big catches and big runs. Um, the only thing I can say for uh, New Orleans is that Taysom Hill uh, is, a, is a stud, man. He just ran over like 17 people into the end zone twice. It was wild. But New Orleans fell fell to the Giants, and then, and then um, I feel like we've put it off long enough. We should talk about the Bears. You got to go to the game, so that's pretty cool. What was that experience like? It was pretty fun. It was uh, a lot of good energy in the stadium, especially because we were winning all game. Right. Um, you know, the Detroit defense really made our offense look pretty good. Uh, at times, yeah. Uh, Montgomery definitely awesome showing for Montgomery. Um, Fields had some really good downfield passes. Uh, in general, we looked our offense looked a lot better this week, but I, I'm a little bit nervous that it had mostly to do with the Detroit Lions, not not necessarily about a better game plan. Uh, but it was it was. A good game on Chicago's side, pretty much everywhere except for you know the defense got a little lax near the near the end of the game. Um, Goff almost, uh, well, he didn't almost come back, but he you know he definitely scored a couple touchdowns in the second half and mm-hmm. was you know they were they were threatening to come back. Um, didn't of course, but yeah, well, watching that game, I thought Justin Fields' deep ball did look really good. He did miss some wide receivers in the middle of the field at times, and he looked very rookie in moments. Um, but he definitely, uh, he's got the best deep ball I've seen on a Bears quarterback in a long time. Yeah, um, Mooney, Mooney making ahead. plays, dude. Yeah, wow. Mooney was, man, 125 yards for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw this, though, and it, it probably was hard to see from where you were, um, but one of the Lions, I think it was the first touchdown for the Lions, was a total gaff by the Bears' safeties. So once again, our uh, safeties uh, completely screwed up their coverages and left a, someone named Khalif um, <laughs> wide open for a touchdown. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, continuing the early slate of games, Washington goes into Atlanta and beats them 34 to 30. Taylor Heineke um, 
played great. McLaurin had 123 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Um, And then just kind of a a side note, Atlanta, Cordell Patterson, who used to play for the Bears, had three receiving touchdowns. Three receiving touchdowns, but he was playing running back. So I thought that was that was interesting. Um, But McLaurin was on fire. And speaking of great wide receivers, maybe arguably the best Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs went into Philly and won bigger than the score even showed 42 to 30. What did you uh, what'd you think of Jalen Hurts in that game? Uh, you know, I didn't really catch a lot of the game. Um, I just, uh, was able to kind of catch up on, uh, uh, highlights, but essentially like this game was just absolute fun. It was just fun. No puns at all. Just scoring all all day, all day long. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Hertz obviously looked a lot better. I think, uh, I think Casey really kind of put the fire under the butts. They scored a lot of points so i think that they were kind of forced to just let him um let him kind of sling it a little bit but uh hurts definitely did uh show up a little bit better, better than he has in the previous weeks 32 for 48 um 387 yards definitely did a pretty good job obviously mahomes is a little bit a little bit better with five touchdowns but you know yeah yeah hurts definitely had a nice comeback after getting just complete like he was just ter- not not very good last monday um, uh, but I think the biggest issue is the same thing with Detroit and Chicago here, um, is that Chicago's offense maybe looked good because Detroit's defense was bad. And I think that's true of this as well. Um, mm-hmm. K- the Kansas city defense gave up 500 yards. Yeah. And, and, and that's all pretty much, uh, passing actually, uh, they're, they really couldn't get their running game going except for Jalen yeah. hurts. Uh, I think he had mm-hmm. like 40 some odd yards. But I mean, Miles Sanders, seven carries, thirteen yards. What the crap is that? Like, yeah, what is he that even? Like, why? I know, I know I, it's time to drop Miles happening. Sanders out of your starting it's lineup. Not, it is no. Don't people will people may li- actually no one's gonna listen to you. But still, don't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, take him out of your starting lineups though. I would do that. Yeah, I did that last year, and look what happened. <laughs> Yeah, so Mahomes, five touchdowns, Hill, three touchdowns. Andy Reid um, has uh, won his 100th game as a Kansas City coach, which gives him 100 wins with two different teams with 140 that he has with Philadelphia. So that's really exciting. I think that's really good. I'm not a huge Andy Reid fan, mostly because of just rivalries and stuff like that. Um, But you got to tip your hat to someone who wins um, over 200 games with two different teams. Reid. Changing directions, Josh. Two of the rookie quarterbacks, um, Fields and Wilson, got their first wins of their young careers. Um, but another rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, didn't. But he played probably, maybe arguably better than the both of them. Jacksonville lost to Cincinnati 24-21 to on Thursday. But Lawrence looked pretty good. He was efficient, um, and he looked like a game manager. Which I think at this stage in his career right now, like as a rookie... That's kind of where he needs to be. If we remember right, Tom Brady did that his his uh, first year starting as well. It was just kind of a game manager, letting the defense play and all that stuff. James Robinson had two touchdowns. And Burrow, with Cincinnati, found Boyd multiple times to the tune of nine receptions for 118 yards. Moving out of the West in a battle of the unbeatens, 
Arizona versus the Rams. Let's break this one down. Arizona went into LA and won 37 to 20. What do you think? Well, this kind of has to make us eat, eat my words last week, or make me eat my words last week for switching my best team from the Cardinals to the Rams. So thank you for that, Arizona. <laughs> um, but no, Kyler, brilliant still. You know, didn't have like a massive, you know, stat line, but still brilliant. Uh, all game long. Uh, they have they actually got their running game going pretty well. Chase Edmonds has been definitely showing up. The Rams, they just... They didn't play awful. You know, they, they played well. They just, they're often played click. as well. Yeah. Their offense just didn't click the way that it had as it has been in all season. Cooper cup. They definitely kept him largely kept him in check. Um, uh, Darrell Henderson had an all right day with 6.4 yard average. Uh, but you know, they just, they, they didn't play good enough to beat the Cardinals. That's really what it is. They didn't play awful. They just didn't play good enough to beat the Cardinals. So. Yeah, and Arizona, two hundred almost uh, almost two hundred yards rushing on the ground. Kyler Murray, um, like you said, looked great. Um, I would even say I heard uh, who I can't say Booger McFarlane. Not a huge fan of him, but he said he looked masterful of the position, and I think that's a really good way to describe him. I thought he looked masterful at the position. Mm-hmm. Nothing. He didn't look overwhelmed at any point. He looked super smart. Like I saw him, he was at the. I think it was like first and goal or second and goal from like the seven yard line. And he saw an opening and he started running and he was only two yards past the line and he saw the defense coming. He just decided to slide, you know, just save himself. And I was like, brilliant, brilliant. Mm -hmm. You weren't getting into the end zone. Really brilliant. Um, And one more note, AJ green, man, he he seems like he's turning back the clock. Yeah. He's definitely showing up. Um, of those three weeks in a row now, yeah. uh, scored a touchdown this week. Uh, last week he had what five catches for 112 yards. The week before, scored another touchdown. Yeah, he's kind of making a season out of it. So it good just as we thought, Rondale um, Rondale Moore was going to be the the new wide receiver there. AJ Green takes the reins back. Mm-hmm. But staying out west and moving to the AFC, the also unbeaten Broncos hosted the ground-heavy Ravens, and the Ravens ran all over them to the tune of 23-7. to uh, Teddy Bridgewater went out of that game in the second quarter, and there was a different team out there. You know, the Broncos go as Teddy Bridgewater does, and he wasn't out there. And Drew Locke did not look good. Yeah, he um, still sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to- totally. I thought the one thing that I took away from this game was Javante Williams, man. Woo! Yeah, yeah, some of those runs. Whoa. Oh my gosh. He carried like a defensive back like 20 yards. It was was wild. It was really cool. Um, the last afternoon game um on Sunday uh was Pittsburgh going into Green Bay. Um, and they did not look good. Uh Green Bay won 27 to 17 um behind uh Aaron Rodgers, uh, who actually did look really good. Ben looks old, Aaron Rodgers does not. Um, and Aaron Rodgers kind of looks reborn with his old buddy, Randall Cobb out there had two touchdowns with him. Um, and then listen to this. So, you know, the score was 27, 17. Well, the Steelers, they actually blocked a field goal and returned it for a touchdown, but then was called back on a bogus offsides. 
Like it, there was no offsides when they replayed it. Yeah, I saw that. That's shameful. That's heartbreaking, man. Yeah, that could have changed the whole game. Who knows? Um, staying in the NFC North, the Vikings hosted the Browns, um, and had a really boring game. Uh, Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland won fourteen uh, to seven. Um, and Minnesota actually went down on their first drive and scored a touchdown. They were up 7-0 and then didn't score another point the entire game. Um, and both touchdowns for Cleveland were mistakes by Minnesota. Um, but that'll work into my worst play of the day. Um, and then the Cleveland defense was all over Cousins. So Minnesota had no chance in that. Um, let's look at another team, though, that to my chagrin, looks really good, uh, Dallas. Carolina went into Dallas and lost 36-28. to 28. Um, Is anyone playing better right now, Josh, than Trayvon Diggs? I don't think so. Uh, five interceptions in four games. Uh, he's yeah. on pace to have 21. That, that, that's a record, by the way. If you know, if it <laughs> that would be a record. <laughs> I watched him on Hard Knocks this year, and I, was, I, I like actually like fell in love with Trayvon Diggs. I was like, this guy's awesome. And I had no idea that this would be his breakout year. And it is. Five interceptions in four games. Uh, Dak and Zeke both look great. Um, the Carolina team just looks like they miss McCaffrey. You know? Um, and DJ Moore had 113 uh, yards and two touchdowns. But without McCaffrey, that that team just can't win. We'll see how they do next week. Uh, looking at the Monday night game last night with another unbeaten going down, um, Las Vegas comes into L.A. and loses 28 to 14. Um, what did you think of that game? That was uh, that was kind of a, an interesting game to watch. Uh, I think Derek Carr finally looks like Derek Carr again, to be honest. He's been playing out of his mind this year, and I think this game is a more indicative more indicative of what we're going to see for the rest of the season. You know, just not being able to bring his team back when they're down. Um, they, in general, cannot run the ball very well, although they did have some good runs. Um, they just they didn't commit to it. Um, yeah, I, I wrote mean, down Jacobs had no holes to run through. Yeah, they did. They did. What's funny is, yeah, he was like 13 carries for 40 yards, but I think he had two carries that were 10 yards. Yeah, I think. exactly. I think. Like, there was just no holes for yeah. him to run through. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if they really had more success if they kept sticking with it. But, yeah, they just uh, – they were outclassed this game. Like, Justin Herbert absolutely won this game. and uh, yeah, He looks like a mature great. quarterback. He doesn't look like a, a, a second-year quarterback. He looks like a mature veteran. Yeah, and Austin Eckler, dude, oh, my gosh. Just awesome all game long. <laughs> it was incredible. I know. Yeah, shades of Darren Sproles, right? Yeah. Like, that's – I feel like whenever I watch him, I think Darren Sproles. Um, just someone who just looks so small, looks like he can't do anything, and then just explodes every time. Yeah, he's definitely not a scat back. He's 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 a legit running back in this league. Or not yeah. just a scat back is what I meant to say. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, finishing up this week's slate of games, uh, Seattle went into San Francisco and won 28-21. to um, uh, Russell Wilson played well. Trey Lance um, actually got to start a lot of this game because Garoppolo went out and he did not look good. 
he did not look good. He did have two touchdowns, but one of them um, was a uh, um, a coverage breakdown by Seattle where Debo Samuel had like nobody around 20 yards. That nobody was even close to him. They were 20 yards away from him, and he r- ran into the end zone. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway is that uh, Garoppolo's injured, and the NFC West, um, man, it's a dogfight between Seattle, San Francisco, um, who are two and two, and then you've got the top with a three and one um, Los Angeles Rams and the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. But that's our uh, game breakdowns for this week. Um, we'd love to know what team you root for. Um, please uh, let us know. That would be awesome. Um, Josh, looking at this week, though, uh, what what plays stuck out to you? What was the best play of the week? So best play of, my, of the week for me was actually happened on Monday night, um, which was the uh, the Renfro heads-up punt play. I don't know if you saw, but the Los Angeles Chargers had, had um, spread a guy out wide that didn't have any coverage on him. So when they hiked the ball, the punter basically just threw him the ball. What they didn't notice was that Hunter Renfro saw this, and he was the returner. He mm. saw this, and he broke on it before they even – before they even snapped the ball. So when the ball received, when the ball uh, got to the receiver's hands, he just blasted it out of, a, out of there. Yeah. So, I saw that. That was super really heads cool. up play. They like one of those like IQ 1000 plays that are just always awesome to see. Um, just um, great. Yeah. My best play. Um, I'm super excited to say um, was from ta- was from uh, uh, Taylor Heineke um, who with the game on the line, uh, rolled around to the left side of the field and saw J.D. McKissick wide open on the right side, um, threw a rope to him, and J.D. McKissick just ran crazy and did a Superman to win the game for Washington um, so they didn't have to go to overtime. It was it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it it was, I was going nuts, actually. I was super excited because I love, I love Heineke. I like him. I like McLaurin. I like that Washington football team. Mm-hmm. What was your worst play, my friend? Um, yeah, it was Jared Goff getting the ball, like, hike on his face, and the Bears uh, catching a fumble. It was, uh, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> it was definitely the uh, the worst play. <laughs> you said that it, that happened because of you yourself, right? Yeah, pretty much. I, I made that happen. My worst play goes back to that Cleveland-Minnesota game um, where uh, Cleveland was going to settle for a field goal, um, and Minnesota – didn't feel right about it. And so they took a timeout. What they didn't realize is they didn't have any timeout. <laughs> so Cleveland got a first down because of the delay of game five yards um, and went in to score a touchdown that ended up being the game winning touchdown. So good job, Minnesota. You're just <laughs> kicking yourselves over and over. Oh man. So I assume our King of the Hill is the exact same team. Because there's, I, I can't even name another team that looks as good as this team right now. In fact, I think they're the only team uh, that is undefeated still. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are my king of the hill. Same for you? Yeah, they are. They really made me look foolish <laughs> to switch, switch last week. Because they, they then took out the team that I, that I switched to. So congratulations. You guys uh, made me look dumb. I know we're, we're just under a quarter of the way through the season. Um, but are the Cardinals the favorite for the Super Bowl win or Super Bowl in the NFC? 
I think that that's a possibility. Um, I think Dallas Cowboys also, unfortunately, their offense is so good that I think I totally agree. Yeah. even their weakness at defense might be something we're going to have to worry about. Yeah, but um, even their, their defenses look pretty decent. Like, they're getting a ton of pressure on teams. Mm-hmm. A ton. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. That's a, that's a good point. The Dallas Cowboys, I could see jumping up. Who's your rolling down the hill team? Uh, rolling down the hill, uh, well, the Houston Texans have uh, decided to overtake the Jaguars for sure. Um, <laughs> After beating the Jaguars in week one. Yeah, well, that that doesn't matter when your quarterback throws four interceptions and you lose 40 to nothing. You get you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Houston Texans, I don't even know where they're going to go at this point. You know, are they going to win another game? Uh, I think that leads us into our fantasy football depression our fantasy football outlook if you will remember we're looking at this from the format of a 10 team league um with one quarterback and a ppr um josh who is your superstar player of the week and by the way when i say depression i mean it man like there is nothing i could have done to win this win this week the guy i played had tyree kill and patrick mahomes i was a goner yeah, no, um, my superstar player of the week is Sam Darnold because I really feel like nobody's talking about him. Like, he's been really good the last three weeks, and he was great. 38 points this week, I believe. Uh, you know, he's if he's not picked up, he should be, and he should, you know, at minimum be in your thoughts for streaming for sure. He had 38 points this week? 38 points. Wow, that's with two interceptions, too. hmm Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's great. Uh, my my uh, superstar of the week is a guy who torched me, Tyree Kill. 11 receptions, 186 yards, two touchdowns. He, you have him on your team, you're going to win. Like he, uh, yeah. he, he just wins games for you. Um, and I had a chance to take him, and I didn't. So I feel like a fool. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's your bust this week? Bust this week? Is C.D. Lamb. Uh, mm. I think he only had five points. Uh, they really, they really did a good job on offense all this week. The Cowboys did, but C.D. Lamb just wasn't a part of it. Um, it's not like Dak Prescott had like a huge game or anything, but you know, like C.D. Lamb was one of these guys that we were all like, "Oh man, he he's potential to be a wide receiver one." You know, finishing yeah, off right. this year, and um, it's not going to happen if he keeps doing that. So. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, Dak was throwing to Amari Cooper and uh, out of nowhere, Cedric Wilson. Yeah. Um, just crazy stuff going on. Um, yeah, my bust goes back to that Minnesota Browns game. Um, Baker Mayfield, man, he played the terrible Minnesota defense and had 186 yards passing. That's it. That's it. Did you That's, did you? Did you notice that I started him this week? No. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. How many points did you <laughs> did you get? I got nine points from him. Yeah, I was I was thinking that was right around eight or nine. Oh yeah. my gosh. Did you win? I did, but You lucky jerk. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. Never sitting Lamar Jackson again. Not sure why I did. 
Actually, yeah, I don't that's want that. wild that you well you played that Minnesota defense. You thought that Baker was going to be better. Everyone well, says Baker's going to break out this year, but I have not seen it, and I don't think it's coming. Well, I mean, Lamar was hobbled, and he was playing Denver. So I mean, I was just like, this is not great. You know, a healthy Lamar for sure. I would never bench, but he was. He's been like missing practices and stuff, and yeah, mm-hmm. man. So who's your? Uh, Who's your drop player this week? Who's the player that people don't need to hold on to anymore on their fantasy teams? Well, unfortunately, um, my drop player is was my pickup player of week one, which is Mark Ingram. <laughs> I think after four <laughs> weeks, we can, we can see that that was a good choice on my part. Yeah, I dropped <laughs> and, uh, him already, too. Yeah, you can let him go. <laughs> Feel pretty good about it because Houston is not good. Yeah. Mine, mine kind of goes down the same lane as um, Marvin Jones um, for two reasons. One is he has a rookie quarterback that's quarterbacking and they don't throw a lot. Um, the second reason is uh, all of uh, Trevor Lawrence's passes are going to LaVisca. Like mm-hmm. on Thursday night, uh, LaVisca had seven targets um, uh, in six catches. Marvin Jones had three targets for 26 yards. Um, that doesn't need to be a starting wide receiver on your team uh, or even on your bench. You can probably pick up better um, on the waiver wire. Um, Speaking of the waiver wire, um, my player this week that I don't want Josh to pick up is Damian Williams. (laughs) With, uh, unfortunately, David Montgomery's out four to five weeks. Um, It's going to be a rough time for the Bears. Uh, But Damian Williams... I think is a pretty electric player when he gets in open space. So I say Damian Williams, pick him up, put him on your bench, see what he does this week. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe he'll be your waiver flyer that gets you into the championship. Yeah, definitely uh, a guy on my radar. I, uh, I, my out of the week is the guy I said you should drop in week two. Uh, is Latavius Murray. Um, I don't know if you get in the theme here, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm doing. Um, but Latavius Murray uh, was definitely the number one back. They said that Tyson Williams uh, was going to get a smaller role, role, and, yeah, he was inactive. So Latavius Murray pretty much is their starting running back, and he did a pretty decent job. I don't know what this is going to look like moving forward, but with Devonta Freeman not really getting much play and um, – uh, Le'Veon Bell also not getting much play. I think he may might be a guy you want to, you know, pick up and put on your bench just to see what happens. So, um, sorry to everyone who dropped him. <laughs> oh, not that anyone's listening to me, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of my favorite things we do is uh, the greatest player born on this day of the year. Um, which is October 5th, um, and that player is someone I can't stand, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, Josh, why don't you break him down for us? He's really big. Good answer. Um, he's a six-time Pro Bowler, <laughs> and he has seven seasons, seven seasons um, of over a 1,000 yards. Um, he is the top tight end in the league, um, but he does throw tantrums, and I can't stand him for that reason. Do you have any other? He's really good. <laughs> Deep thoughts with Josh. <laughs> <laughs>
No, do you not have any thoughts about him at all? I mean, there have been a lot of good receiving tight ends in the NFL, and I don't know if he if he really cracks my number one yet, but mm. he's definitely taken some guys who I thought, you know, were going to be like the greatest or one of the greatest, and definitely he is showing to be much better than they were. So, um, you know, I, I, I think he's probably going to end up going down in history as being the best tight receiving tight end of all time. But really? I think that's over Tony prob- Gonzalez. I think that I think so. And I think it's just going to be because he's going to be playing with the best quarterback that's ever played of all time. At some point he will be considered. So that's fair. And, uh, I don't know how much time he has left in the league, but you know, if he can, if he can stick it out for, you know, like you know, a handful more years. I don't. I'm not sure, really sure if he if there is a record that's safe from him for tight ends. Yeah, no, I would agree. He had his high watermark last year with 1,400 yards receiving for mm-hmm. a tight end. That's yep. insane. That's insane. Well, Josh, I think it's time, my friend. It's time for us to get into the hub controversy. Hub Arkish, uh, the the greatest football mind to ever walk this earth or walk on water, um, this week um, said that Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton gives the Bears the best chance to win this season over Justin Fields. Do you agree with him? Did he really say that? Yes, he did. Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, that was man. That was that was a brutal fight right there. Um, that hub controversy this week, crazy stuff. Well, Josh, as you know, um, this is a sports radio show, and so the baseball playoffs have begun. The the Red Sox are playing. Um, oh, you know what? Hold on one second. I uh, I forgot to mention something in the fantasy depression. Oh. Um, one note I wanted to make was like I don't know if you saw the theme of what I was doing with my ad and and drop players. Um, yeah, situations change. So um, one player that you might, you know, might've gone, been going into the season thinking he was going to be worthless, or maybe he's a player that you picked up already, you know, that, that, that can change quickly simply just by one injury or just by, you know, maybe a couple missed blocks, um, you know, from like the starting running back. So always stay stay ready to change with the situation changing changing with each team. So um, that's kind of like the one point I want to really make today. Um, well, well, that's that's a great point, Josh. But you did use up all the rest of our time, so we'll have to wait till uh, next week to talk a little bit more about tennis. All right. Until then, uh, stay cynical, world. Bye.